the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 48, the after the concert party. As the crowd dispersed on Main Street, Phoebe checked every inch of Sammy's coffee shop that Abby had disappeared. People gathered around the band and paid extravagant compliments and discussed their favorite songs. Teens pulled folding chairs around the booths and were sitting eight or ten to a table, driving Sammy both crazy and happy with orders for food. He had given Ellie a job as a waitress, and she raced around, smiling at everyone. Stephanie and two of her friends were helping the boys pack up and seemed to be accepted as special friends of the band. Eddie's younger brother, Chris, coiled up the wires and placed them with microphones in a small trunk. Freddie Parker, George's guitar teacher and the owner of most of this equipment, just stood there beaming. He was old and bald and out of shape, the only older adult in the group. But he looked like a man whose life's ambition had just been fulfilled. Haunted by her worries about Abby, Phoebe did not share in the general delight. She felt unsure of her relationships to Jeremy and George and wondered about the status of Stephanie and her friends. Were any of them attached to any of the boys? An agonizing moment arrived when Phoebe saw herself as just a hanger-on, an outsider with nothing to say during a long silence. She was thinking, I'm exhausted, and I've never been good at this kind of situation, but I'm going to find out why Jeremy is so cold, or die trying. Everyone seems to have a chore, a task, or a close friend, except me. Stephanie, Eddie, and Jeremy are so easy and comfortable together. Fooling with that recording equipment, I feel so alone. George suddenly stood up and looked around the room as if preparing an announcement. People looked up. You know, Phoebe, I really owe you. Believe it or not, a week ago, I thought I would never perform again. If you hadn't shown up and persuaded us, we wouldn't have been here. And it was you that told us to mic up the sound. And it was you that named the band. And it was you that advertised the show. We all owe you. He stepped forward and threw his arms around her. The group clapped and everyone in the restaurant joined in. 
Whatever you want, you deserve it. I hope you'll ask for something. Let's spend some time together this week. I hope we can talk about a few things. She felt the blood rush to her head. I'd love to. Just let me know. At that point, Phoebe felt included and joined Stephanie and friends loading up Stephanie's car to drive to the gas station and continue the party. She piled into the back seat with Stephanie's friends and Jeremy took the front seat next to Stephanie who drove. The girls joked with Jeremy the whole way to the gas station about his clothes. <laughs> now that you're a celebrity, you're gonna have to listen to us. That little red jacket and polka dot, polka dot shirt, it has to go. <laughs> At gallery openings in River City, they dress like me. Someday you'll see. It was all light and pleasant, but Phoebe felt like a stranger, someone who didn't exist. They carried the equipment into the incredibly messy gas station office, and Eddie and Stephanie got a recording of the concert to play. Jeremy had borrowed a bottle of champagne from Jim for the occasion and poured everyone a few swallows in coffee mugs. He made a toast to everyone. I just want to thank you all for making this one of the best nights of my life. He clicked mugs with everyone. And when he came to Phoebe, he smiled and tapped his mug to hers. But there seemed to be no look in his eyes. He communicated nothing. Eddie and Stephanie said they had to work Saturday morning and apologized for leaving early. Phoebe asked Stephanie to drop her off on her way to Half Moon. The evening had been such a success, but to Phoebe it felt like a disappointment. She blamed it all on Jeremy. Why didn't you stay and drink your champagne? Live a little. You work too much. How about you? You were having fun. Well, I'll be honest with you. If you'll be honest with me. Uh, okay. Eddie and I have a date. We're going to a little spot, just the two of us. I'm happy for you. Thanks for letting me know. I understand things better now. Yeah, well... There are some things I don't understand. I thought you liked Jeremy, but you two treat each other like enemies. Phoebe opened her mouth in surprise. She didn't think it was so obvious. Uh, I don't understand Jeremy any better than you. He's been treating me like a stranger. That's why I'm going home early. You might have stayed to keep George company. I feel great about what he said tonight, but I need to talk to him alone. It's just not a conversation we can have over there. Jeremy likes you. I hope you know. 
I certainly don't know. He ignores me. You ignore him. We were close. You don't know the things we've done together. And he acts like I don't exist. He thinks you're in love with George. He's stepping aside to let you two figure it out. Phoebe stared at Stephanie in shock. Neither of them could speak. Soon Stephanie pulled the car onto the side of the road by the field opposite 12 Main Street. They sat in silence. I think you know enough to keep all of this to yourself. I'm going out on a limb for you because I can see you're suffering. So is Jeremy. You're a couple of fools in my opinion. Wake up! Phoebe couldn't get a word out. And I could say more, but I don't want to make you mad. You're a really nice person, and so is Jeremy. He's a really good guy. Can't you see that? He's behaving this way for your sake. Stephanie, I had no idea. I do feel like a fool. Phoebe shook her head and sighed. But don't worry. I know how to keep secrets. I know it, or I wouldn't be talking. I just want you to understand that I'm taking a risk for you. I really do appreciate it, more than you know. It's just that it's a shock. A good one, I hope. Yes, very good. You're not mad? I'm happy. And a little overwhelmed. Can I ask a favor then? I really need something. Go for it. I hate my job. Hickory Securities is creepy. Do you know Bob Bentley, the owner? He's exceptionally creepy. And the people who hang out with him are creepy too. Some of them even try to flirt with me, and they're old and creepy. And I don't even get paid. The school credits don't mean enough for me to go through this. I want a job like yours. At the toy store? Anywhere but Scudder's or Miracle's gift shop. What's wrong with Miracle's? Uh, I hate to say this, but George's parents are a part of the Bentley Circle. Not really friends, but they act so super respectful to that whole bunch. And Eddie told me you warned him about that tall guy, Milton Morphy. He's like the leader of them all. Even Bentley bows down to him. Raymond, George's father, is always dropping by and hanging out with them in the back. They drink fancy cognac while I answer the phone and talk to clients. No one trains me to do any real business. They grin and stare at me like high school boys used to do. All right, I'm pretty. Get over it. 
You're grown-up men. Get a grip. I should have warned you weeks ago. It's worse than creepy. They're trying to take over the town. Even trying to buy Sammy's and the toy store. They want to run everything their own way. We're secretly organizing against the group. But pretend you don't know. It's dangerous. I knew it was something like that. The little jokes they make. The nasty remarks about Sammy and your parents. And even Reverend Tuck. But as I told Eddie, be careful. Don't underestimate them. I'll explain everything when we get a chance. But I need something new right away, like tomorrow. I've got plans. Gilligan might be ready to hire someone soon, but I had kind of promised something to Abby or Lewis, the boy with the ponytail who trains my girls' team and refs sometimes. Abby Chapman? I've heard them mention her at the office. Like, there's a secret going on that I'm not supposed to hear. What's she got to do with all this? A lot. Stephanie, you need to know a few things real soon. I'm getting more curious by the minute, but I can't talk now. One more thought. Doesn't Sammy need another employee already? Surely he's got more work than Ellie can handle. Put in a good word for me. I'll take that job. Count on it. Sammy needs you badly. That's it. Now go. I'm out of here. Just what I'm after 
Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. Follow me, God.